0: We all know that coming through the last few years of pandemic, a lot of things have changed. The way we do life in general has changed. And uh, we find ourselves uh, doing things different ways, different manners. But one thing I've noticed is that people's demeanors have changed to me overall as a say. I think it seems like we're more impatient than we used to be for some reason. I don't know. But, uh, you know, Sarah, mine and Sarah's pace of life, not necessarily our lifestyle, but our, our pace of life, we eat out more than we should, but yet the pace of life sort of mandates that we do in many, in many, many cases. There's a lot of jobs out there that are available and to be had. Okay, great guys. Y'all do great. They got it. Somebody had to let Sarah know. She went to get the Mac. But uh there there are a lot of jobs out there that uh people can find to make to make their money and their living at. But do you know what? You know, some of those jobs I don't envy those people at all. I don't envy people that work in the retail business right now. You know. Retail was I worked in it for a short stint many, many years ago and that was enough for me. Nine months of retail work, that was enough. People that work in the uh in the service industry, in particular in the restaurants, that are waiters and waitresses. Um, you know what? Uh we ate yesterday, uh we ate at a restaurant yesterday and uh, the 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 lady waiting on us. She was she was waiting on tables. She was busting tables. She was work going back in the kitchen and she was uh, putting the food into plates and all like that. She was running her legs. I, I felt I really felt for that lady and she. And all the time she was very pleasant. But 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 the food wasn't very good when we got it. And you know my instinct wanted to say this food is horrible. You know this food is terrible. You know I don't want to pay good money for for food that is not good. But you know I I, I caught myself, and I'm not trying to brag on myself in this. But I, I caught myself because I thought, you know what? This is not that woman's fault. She's just waiting on us. You know, and so we we're not complainers, are we, Sarah Jane? We're not complainers. So we so we we just we just went ahead and paid the bill and. And uh we got, in, you know, and went on our way. But I would not want to be a waiter in today's society. I would not want to be. A, actually, I wouldn't want to be a waiter in yesterday's society. I would not want to have to be waiting on people. But that's what I want to minister to you about this morning along that lines and along that thought. We welcome you back to Voice of Praise today. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 40, verses 27 through 31. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 27 through 31. And the scripture reason, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible this morning. Uh, a little bit unusual, uh, but it is a version I really, really like. But I did it for, for some particular wording. Why do you say, Jacob, and you. Assert Israel, my ways is rid, hidden from the Lord and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not come, become weary or tired. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives strength to the weary and to the ones The one who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run, and they will not get tired, and they will walk, and will not become weary." Now, I was mentioning waiters, waiters in restaurants, waiters that are supposedly patient with us and and they serve us. They bring us our meal and they cater to us and they do all the things that, that we need because we're there to indulge on whatever uh, food or service that they have. But the Bible is also full of waiters, but those waiters are a little bit different kind. You see, those waiters are, are people that, uh, like Abraham and Sarah that had to wait on the promise of Isaac. There are people like Noah that, uh, that waited, uh, not only on the flood to come, but then he had to wait on the flood waters to subside. There's people like Joseph that Joseph had to go through uh, uh, being sold into slavery, slavery by his brothers and to to, to being accused of, of attempted rape, to being in prison and being mistreated. Uh, but Joseph waited for his time to become ruler. Jesus had to wait for his time to be fulfilled here on earth. Mary and Martha had to wait for Jesus to arrive after Lazarus had died. And the disciples had to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Waiting is difficult at times. Waiting is tough. In fact, Webster says this in his dictionary. He says waiting is the action of staying where one is or delaying action until a particular time or until something else happens. You see, waiting is being patient. As most of us struggle with that. That's why we struggle in the stores. That's why we struggle with the waiters and the waitresses. That's why we struggle with the checkout counters at Walmart. Which, by the way, I don't know this to be true, but I did see this the other day. I saw that Walmart is going to be closed Thanksgiving Day so they can let all their self-checkout people off to be with their families. Yeah. We even get patient, impatient with that, don't we? We get, we get impatient. We get impatient. You get impatient with the preacher sometimes. How, you know, it, it, it doesn't worry me. It doesn't worry me when I look back and I see some of y'all nodding off. It doesn't worry, even worry me when I see some of y'all looking at your watches. Now when I do get worried it's when I see you start going. <coughs> yeah, yeah. So we, 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 you know, we, we struggle with patience. Uh, waiting is actually exercising trust. It's exercising trust. You're waiting. You're, you're hoping. You, you got, you know, wishful thinking at the worst, but hopefully you got more than that. But, but waiting is exercising trust. Waiting is actually having faith. Actually, waiting is having faith. Now sometimes, you know, my wife, sometimes she has to wait on me. I have a terrible, terrible bad, Habit or a problem. Now I know you look at me and you say, "Well, I didn't think he had any bad habits, but I do." My habit is everywhere I go. I seems like I find somebody I know. Last night I went to take the the haul the garbage off from the house, and I left. And, uh, and left Miss Sarah on the couch. She was, she was watching Hallmark through her eyelids. And so I just went on out. But I accidentally forgot, I, I, and I never do this, but I did last night. I forgot to take my phone. Well, I went to, uh, I went to take the garbage off and I went to the, 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 the receptacle center and, and, and there a, a friend of mine runs a, a little store just down the road. And I thought, well, I'm going to stop by and see Steve for a few minutes. Hadn't seen him. And I hour and a half later, I show up back at the house. And when I get within the range of my cell phone, my watch starts popping up. And then Sarah texting me and said, where are you at? Are you all right? Are you okay? She said, and I got home. She said, I didn't know whether to call Zach, my son. I didn't know whether to call Zach. I didn't know what to do. Where were you at? But she waited on me. She waits on me all the time, you know, because I have a bad habit of running into people, not running into them, but you know, Bumping into them, not bumping into them, but you know, encountering people that I know. So she has to have faith that I'm going to get back to the house. But waiters even have their struggle. Because when we think about these biblical waiters, uh, Sarah, not my Sarah, but Abraham's Sarah became impatient waiting and, 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 and she encourages Hagar to ha- or excuse me, Abraham to have a child with Hagar in order to if you would keep God's promise, but that wasn't the problem. The promise that God had made, God promised them a child. He didn't say, "I'll promise you a child with Hagar." You see, sometimes we get impatient, and Ishmael comes into the scene, and that's a, a whole other story in itself. Martha got impatient with Jesus because she said to Jesus, "If you would have been here, Lazarus would have never died." You see. Sometimes we don't like waiting. Sometimes we fall short in waiting because we won't stay or we get impatient or our trust wavers or our faith wavers. Now, I want to preach to you this morning a thought that being a waiter, being a waiter has its privileges. Three common occurrences that happen among waiters. Three occurrences that happen among waiters. One is, every one of the waiters that I share with you in in, in illustration, every one of those waiters had or received a revelation of God's promise. You see, it's important that we receive a revelation. Now let me tell you something. The revelation, if God gives you a revelation, it is going to fall in alignment with the Word of God. Let me give that to you first. But when you receive a revelation, you go back into Jesus' encounter with Peter, or Peter's encounter with Jesus, and, P, and, 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 and Peter has failed the, the Lord. Jesus told him he would. He didn't believe Jesus. He believed in himself, if you would, a bit more than he believed in the Word of Jesus. Peter has miserably failed. And then Jesus speaks to Peter. He said, Peter, do you love me? Well, Lord, you know I do. Three times. Two first two times, feed my sheep. The last time is feed my lamb. And and then Jesus says to Peter, he says, Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are Christ the Lord. And Jesus says, Peter, or was Simon at that time, his name hadn't been changed actually. He said, Simon, upon this rock, I will build my church. And Simon's name instantly gets changed to Peter or Petra, which means hardness or rock. And, and, and beca- not because that, that Peter had, uh, uh, answered the question correctly or anything like that, but what Peter identified with, he had received revelation of who and whom Jesus was. You see when we have a revelation of, of of God's promises in our life and we realize what that the promises of God made and somebody said well there's 365 promises found in scripture one for every day of the week I've never really researched that to see how how accurate that is but it sounds good anyway but regardless of the fact understand this you and I must realize and receive revelation that God has great and precious promises for us. He has good things for us. He wants good things for us. And he has ordained good things for us, even in the spite of going through trials and tribulations to get there. The second thing that occurs is we must rest in God's faithful character. And by that, what I simply mean is God is faithful. God is faithful and God is good. He has never failed. Somebody said there's some things that God He said somebody said is there anything and there was an old song out years ago that said there's nothing no nothing that my God can't do. Well, technically if you want to twist that a little bit there is. God can't fail. He cannot fail. He can't be unfaithful. God can't He he can't let you down. He can't fail you. He can't uh he can't do anything wrong because God is righteous and true and he is just. So if there's any occurrence I can promise you don't blame it on God because it wasn't him. But, but but rest in his faithful character because that is the nature of who God is. When you say I wonder if God is going to help me, you don't have to wonder if God's going to help me because his nature is to be faithful to you. You realize this, a lot of people talk about being blessed. They said, well boy, after I got saved, I've been blessed. You know, I, I'm a firm believer. This is my, this is my theology, okay? I express it as that. I believe that, that that if you want to think about it in these terms anyway, that even before you get saved, there was more grace and mercy surrounding you than there are after you got saved because all of us deserve hell. All of us deserve death. All of us deserve eternal punishment in comparison to the righteousness of God. But even when I didn't love Him, He still loved me. Even when I didn't care about Him and we want to give Him the time of day, He gave His Son on a cross for me. You see, you see, God's faithfulness His character is faithful. And even when we're not trusting Him, He is still blessing us. But many times we fail to realize that. The third thing in this common occurrence among these waiters, like Abraham and Sarah and Noah and Jesus Himself and those who were gathered in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, they relied on the unmerited love of God, and that's what I just spoke about. That they relied on God's love. You know, you know, the problem, the struggle that we have in life as, as humans. Is there anybody in here that's not human? By the way, okay, that's good. That's a good sign. We we don't we we cannot grasp the love of God. It's an agape love. It's a, an agape. It's a perfect love. Now, now our love, our love so many times is based on what somebody else can do to us or do for us. Our love sometimes is based on attraction. I don't know how this morning in our life group, we got on this little, for, for just a brief few moments, we got on this discussion of women's makeup. You know, and you know, it used to be preached on... Quite a bit. I mentioned an old preacher last Sunday. And I mentioned the same one again this Sunday. And uh, old Uncle Sam. And Uncle Sam. oh Uncle Sam. when everybody else was preaching on makeup. Sam refused to preach on makeup. He said, I ain't preaching on makeup. He said, a little paint never hurt any old <laughs> barn. But, but do you know... We find ourselves attracted in many ways. We we find ourselves attracted to hair color and, and hairstyles. We find ourselves, you know, attracted to maybe what we th- think or consider as wealth or prosperity. We find ourselves attracted in in many many ways, and 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 we call it love. You know, you listen to songs, uh, secular songs especially, and, and there's songs about love. You know, and most of y'all, you, yeah, most of y'all know I. I You know, I, I, I'm a bluegrass guy. I, you know, I, I, I picked banjo since I was 10 years old and, and, and and I, and I like it. And listen, listen, if you got a love song in bluegrass music, I can promise you what's going to happen. Somebody's going to get drugged down to the creek. They don't get killed. They don't get buried behind a waterfall. Somebody's going to find them five years later and the sheriff's going to come arrest you and then they don't put you in the Brushy Mountain penitentiary for the next 99 years in one dark day. That's what happens. Okay. That's what happens in those songs. But love. God's love is not that kind of love. God's love is a perfect love. God's love is is really something, again, that we can't imagine and we can't grasp. You can't... Listen, what we do, we try to entice one another to love us. We do. That's why... Ladies, I'm sorry, but that's why. If especially you younger ladies, if there's any unmarried in the room, that's why you fix your hair up. You don't go out on no date with no curlers. In, well, I don't even know if people do curlers anymore, but you don't go out on no date without your hair curled and without your good clothes on. You don't. You don't do that. You want to. You want to dress up. And you want to look nice for this guy that's coming by. And, and let me tell you something. The men's got as bad as the women, maybe worse with their hair thing. You know, we got. I got a friend of mine. I ain't gonna name. Name and he probably listened to this, but I would just like to have what he spends in Tresemme hairspray. <laughs> yeah, we 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 try to do things to make ourselves attractive to the other person, and 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 you know, and, and look good. And I like my wife looking good for me, and you know? I think she does a good job at it. Myself, I'm real happy about it anyway. But even at that, that's not love. But what I'm, point I'm trying to make is this. We really can't do anything to make God love us. You you cannot dress yourself up enough. You cannot do your hair enough. You cannot put on enough makeup. You cannot put on enough Tresemme hairspray. You cannot have your nails painted a certain color. You cannot wear a a herringbone tweed suit and a Donald Trump necktie or anything like that and make God love you anymore. Then He already loves you. You see, that's where we get messed up on God's love. Because love to us in the natural is something that there has to be some merit there for. There has to be... We have to earn it to some degree or another. But Jesus just loves us for no reason. He loves you for no reason at all. Other than you. Other than you. So... Three common occurrences. They had a revelation of God's promises. They rested in God's faithful character, knowing that God was going to be faithful to them. And they relied on His unmerited love. Now, being a waiter has its privileges. Those are the three things that the waiters possessed. But being a waiter has its privilege. You see... When, because when you read that verse of scripture that we read from in the text yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength they will mount up with wings like eagles they will run and not get tired they will walk and not become weary what happens to the people that wait what happens to the ones that wait upon the Lord first is they have an inter, they know an internal renewal is going to occur Don't give up on waiting. You may not have seen it yet. You may not have touched it yet. You might not have felt it yet. But don't give up on waiting. You anticipate... That internal renewal that is going to come and that by that internal renewal, listen to me. I'm very much a faith preacher. I believe our salvation comes through faith. I believe our sanctification comes through faith. I believe our spirit baptism comes through faith, but I, I I don't, I don't negate the that's the point that there's feelings involved and there's sensations that we will experience. But, but if we are dependent on the feelings, we will be misled. Every experience that I have with God has to come through faith. He is a faith God. You hear him talk that? We are a faith-based religion. Everything I get from God has to come through faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence for things that have not yet been seen is what the Hebrew writer said. I have faith that if I will wait upon the Lord, if I will trust the Lord, if I will be patient with Him, if I will serve Him, and that an internal renewal is coming, and that internal renewal says, and that scripture says, for the Lord will, those that wait for the Lord will gain new strength. I, listen, you may not got it yet, but hold on just a little while because your second wind is coming. You may be past your second wind and it, the third wind may not have come yet, but you hold on just a little bit longer because your third wind is about to come. You may be past number three and you may be wondering if there's even going to be a fourth wind. Well, hang on, because I believe if you wait upon the Lord, there will be a fourth wind come that will sustain you and you will hold you and securely in His hand until He says what is done is done. It's not over until He says it's over. I believe it starts with our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and His faithfulness to us in these bodies does not end until somebody whether it's Craven, Shares or whoever your place of preference may be until our hands are folded across our chest or the rapture of the church takes place. God is not you through with you until that time comes, and then if you're right with Him, you have nothing to worry about anyway. Now, second privilege of waiting upon the Lord A rise is going to take place. Now, I've read uh, I, I've re- I've read lots of illustrations through my time. I've actually read. Uh, articles that, where there's myths, myths that are used in, in illustrations, in sermons, and, and I, I guess preachers do whatever they need to do to print a point. I don't think anybody intentionally needs, means to defraud anyone. But there's, there's an old story, in, and it, it's a disputed story, but it, I still like it. That, that, that an eagle, and I don't know if any of y'all, you know, we're having a few, a few eagles are back around this part of the country. I saw one a few weeks ago, but, uh, going down Wilderness Trail, down through Bland County towards, uh, going down towards Dublin. But so we've heard the story that when storms come, that eagles are, as birds of prey, they're one of few birds that have the ability To soar above the storm. Now. They're probably not above the storm when it comes. Because being birds of prey. They're still canvassing the ground. They're looking for their their prey. But the storms will come. The storms will come into their life. But so it's, so it's been said and told and used in illustration many times over. And whether it's scientifically correct or not, I don't know. I can't figure that out for yourself. But it makes for a good illustration. That the eagle, the eagle will spread its wings and begin to catch the current of the wind. Did you hear me? The eagle begins to catch the current of the wind. Back in Acts chapter 2, I read that there was a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It was not only a sound, but it said it blew through that place. I believe if we will wait upon the Lord, the storm may be hard. The storm may be it may be it's black. The it may be rough looking. It may, things may be horrible looking. There may be a flood over the earth. It could be this, however bad your storm is, it could be bad. It could be really really bad. But suddenly, suddenly, those that wait upon the Lord, He will renew their strength. When their strength is renewed, their wings will spread. They will catch an upward draft, and suddenly the eagle finds itself not underneath the storm, but the eagle finds itself soaring over the storm. Let me tell you what, God is wanting to, if you will wait upon Him, if you will be patient in Him, if you will trust Him, if you will have faith in Him, He wants to take you to a higher level than you are now. And He will strengthen you and He will do that, but we must wait until that time comes. The third thing, Is a display of outward strength will occur when we're good waiters. For good waiters, that display of outward strength will occur because in that verse of scripture, we find that they will mount up like eagle's wings, but not only that, but they'll run and they won't get tired. Hello. Hello. I can't run as fast as I used to could. It hurts, to be honest with you. I can't run as far as I used to could because I don't have the energy that I used to have. It's called getting old and tired and worn out. But let me tell you, when I trust the Lord and when i put my care and my dependency upon him i may i've been i've been a uh, i've been a christian believer now for uh, i've been saved for 41 years no i've been saved longer than that been saved for 43 years and let me tell you i i i i, I believe that in in my spirit and i don't mean this in a, a bragging way but I tell you what, I believe I have more strength to run now than I've ever had in my life. In the Lord, I, 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 there's been time and time and time again that that I've went through valleys and I've went through dark places and I I've, I've been in caves and I, not literally but spiritually, you know what I mean. And I and I found myself in low places, but every time. Not because I'm good, not because I'm perfect, but every time I, I I sometimes I felt like I was I was I was doing a terrible job about it. But apparently I must have been okay in waiting on the Lord because he came along. I didn't give up. I didn't let go. I didn't release my hold on him. I can even remember one day riding down my road the road in a in my old pickup truck going to Roanoke Memorial Hospital, and as I was traveling down eighty one, it seemed like heaven had been sealed over for months and I looked up to the heavens and I, as I was driving that old truck... And I said, Lord, I said, if I never feel you again in my life, if I never, if I never sit your touch again in my life, I will love you and I will serve you and I will proclaim your goodness. Lord, I'm going to be faithful to you. Suddenly, all of a sudden, the cab of that little old Ford truck, yes, it was a Ford, but suddenly the cab of that truck filled up with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And God began to take me to a place of renewal. He began Began to raise me up above the storm, and an outward amount of strength came into my life. And I not only became strong spiritually, but I began to but once again become strong physically in my life. You see, but I had to go through a season of waiting waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. The fourth one if we will wait upon the Lord. He will renew us internally. He will raise us up. He will raise us up to a high place, the eagle's place. An outward display of strength will occur because we will be able to run and we won't get tired. But then what happens is ongoing energy is provided because he said they will not become weary. We will not become weary. Now, I I probably wouldn't be popular among a, a lot of... A lot of Pentecostal and, and holiness ranks and we're Pentecostal holiness, just in case you didn't know, but I probably wouldn't be popular in saying this. But when I, when I got saved, when I got saved back in the seventies, when I got saved back in the seventies, I want to tell you, here, here's the way my, here's the way my life went back in the seventies. I got saved today. I backslid next week. I had to get saved again. I like got saved. I like, some weeks I got saved twice in a week. I like got saved 57 times in one year. Okay? Okay? You know, got saved today, backslid tomorrow, you know, yesterday. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you something. This, and I'm a firm believer in this. I believe with all my heart that there is keeping power in the Holy Ghost. In fact, he said, you're sealed. With a seal of promise. I believe there's keeping power in the blood of the Lamb. I don't believe Jesus saved you just to let you backslide tomorrow. He didn't save you today to let you backslide tomorrow. Now some of us go weary or wayward. Some of us go prodigal. Some of us get weary. But let me tell you, I believe, I believe with all my heart, turning your back on God is much harder than we made it out to be for a lot of years. I really do. I believe turning our back on God I, you know, I, I listen, listen, here's I, I I'll give you an illustration. I got saved. Sunday night service. I got saved. I was in high school. I went in the gym and and needless to say, go, don't don't be don't don't be judging me because of my height. I would go I was playing in an intramural basketball league in the gym on at high school. I got saved on Sunday night. Lord. I felt the Lord. As we say. Monday morning. I went in playing intramural basketball. And somebody threw the ball up to me. Really hard. And it jammed, it jammed these two fingers up right here. They swelled up and turned blue. Uh, later on that happened. But let me tell you something. I cussed like a blue streak. I did. I cussed like a blue streak. And I was taught, so I was taught, at least I felt indoctrinated as such. You ain't saved no more because you just said a bad word. You ain't saved no more. Now, let me give a disclaimer. I'm not saying we should, as Christians, we should go out and practice Using foul language. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying, I, I, I was taught that almost like you zapped into this perfectionism and all of a sudden if you, if you, if you, if you said something you wasn't supposed to say, you did, you know, you know, y'all know what I mean. Y'all know what I mean. I know it never happens to, never has happened to any of y'all. I know that, you know. But all of a sudden, you just backslide. And, and, and we, we imagine, and, and we actually, we, we classified the, our salvation experience as you just turn it on. It's like turned off, turned on, turned off, turned on, turned off. Let me tell you, I, I come to a place in my, in my Christian walk, in my maturity in the Lord. I found out there is keeping power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, can I, can I separate myself? Can I divide myself? From the Lord, can I go wayward? Can I go totally prodigal on Him? Yes, I can. But it, this doesn't happen because I didn't happen to encounter a conversation with Heath just right. You see, you see that, and I don't know how I got off on this because that wasn't my message at all. But here's the thing: what I want to say to you is this. Just because you felt fallen along the way. You need to get up and dust yourself off, shake your shoes off, recommit yourself to the Lord, ask him to forgive you of those of those uh, of those those shortcomings in your life listen, just because you may have blundered along the way doesn't mean that he's standing over you with a big number nine at waiting to whack you over top of the head, he's waiting for you to get up, dust yourself off, get back on the road and to follow him and wait upon him and if you will wait upon him he's got for you internal renewal he's got for you a rise, he will raise you out of your place, he's got for you an outward display of courage, you will run and you will have ongoing energy. You will not grow weary because there is keeping power in the blood of the lamb. We sang about it. We talked about it. We preached about it, but there is power, power. There's wonder working power in the blood of the lamb. It's ongoing and it's working and it's keeping. I'm glad that he can keep me. Listen, I, I'm glad that he keeps me whenever I, whenever things are going bad. I'm glad that he keeps me whenever I find myself failing him. He still, he never fails me. I'm glad that he doesn't dislove me when I fail him because his love is not based on my performance. It's not based on a merit scale. His love for me is because he just simply loves me. Over the years, you know, there was a great evangelist that just passed away a number of years ago. His name was Billy Graham. Billy Graham was, uh, he was like, uh, you know, in, uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home per se, uh, but, but let me tell you, Billy Graham crusades for those of you that are younger. Yeah, every night the six o'clock local news would come on, the six thirty, uh, uh, the 6.30 uh, uh, network news would come on. A guy named Walter Cronkite on the channel we watch most of the time. And then after that, you better watch out. If a Billy Graham crusade was coming on, Daddy made sure everybody was sitting in the living room, and you kept your mouth shut while Billy Graham was preaching. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Mm? Yeah. Two or three of you. Yes. But at, for many, many, many years... At the end of any message that the late Dr. Billy Graham preached, there was a guy named George Beverly Shay. He was one of these that sung like this, you know. I call it opera singing. What do you call it? Sarah. She don't know. He just calls it singing. We'll go back to the guitar. And Billy Graham or George Beverly Shea. He would be up there with a songbook, and he would sing that song. Just as I am, without one plea. That's the only way we can come before the Lord. It's not the only. It's the only, not the only way that we can come before the Lord. It's the only way we can stay before the Lord. None of us are deserving of His mercy and His grace. But He's calling us to wait upon Him. No matter what's coming our way, no matter what's happening to us, I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying it's not hurtful. I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm not saying it's not difficult. I'm not saying any of that at all. But what I am saying, if we will wait upon the Lord, if we will be patient, if we will have faith, if we will have trust in Him, if we will have some type of expectancy of of something and what is about to occur and what He's about to do, if we will wait upon Him, then those who wait upon on the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and they will not get tired. And they will walk and not become weary. Everything that we could possibly need He will supply. But we have to wait. She she might watch this later on, but... I say this all with due respect. Sarah's, Sarah's, Sarah has two older sisters. One of them is a nut. That's what, that's what the, we, we all just, you know, she's, she's this. we love her. You can't, she's, she's this wildest convenient, she loves the Lord, don't misunderstand me. But she, so she's just, she's this big college football fan, okay? A few weeks ago, Alabama and Tennessee were playing. Big rivalry. You're not watching football, but Alabama and Tennessee are playing big rivalry game. And uh, she calls us immediately the game. over. she's a Tennessee fan. Her their daughter went to Tennessee, so she calls and she's woohoo, you know, you know, know, and all this stuff. And uh, she says, oh. I said, did you see that last few minutes? I said to me, I said, I cannot believe that Alabama let Tennessee come back to you. No, I didn't get to see it. I was in the bedroom praying. She said, I was interceding. Sue, if you watch this, we well, you know we love you, but you're enough. you crazy. She said, I was back, you know, but evidently she wasn't the only person that that actually did that because. Then on the uh, uh, on the internet, a few days later, I saw a meme. You know, which a meme is like a joke, a cartoon that was on the on social media, and and, and it said uh, it said something about something that some miracle that was needed. It said, "I hope I hope you all remember all of those promises that you made while you were praying for that football game." You know, sometimes in desperation, we will make promises but let me tell you something let me speak to you in that you don't have to make deals with God certainly wasn't planning on including this but I'm just here now and I feel like I need to be here understand me. you don't have to make deals with God he's not Monty Hall for those of you that are in the room older the TV show Let's Make a Deal God's not Monty Hall He's not looking to make deals with me or you. He's, he's not He's not wanting you to promise that you'll do this and this and this. He already knows what you're going to do anyway. So don't, so, so don't look to strike up a deal with God. He just wants you to give yourself to Him and wait upon Him. You see? I, being a waiter has its privileges not a waiter at Cracker Barrel or whatever else other restaurant that you may prefer to frequent but being a waiter waiting upon the Lord has its privileges because in due season God is going to show up and he's going to bless you he's already blessing you you just don't realize it yet that He's going to show up on the scene and, and great things are going to happen. But we have to be patient and wait. Let's pray. Fathers, we come to You. Lord, I pray for everybody in this room, for those that may be watching by live stream. God, I pray as we wait upon You, Lord, Lord, that not our will but Yours be done. As we wait upon you, Lord, may we not grow weary. May we not grow tired. Lord, as we wait upon you, God forbid that any of us would ever resign. As we wait upon you, Lord, Lord, we wait because we know we can trust you. We know that you're unfailing. We know that God, there's none like you. So God, we wait with confidence. And Lord, as I, as we're coming to the conclusion of this day, this morning, Lord, I pray for those that are in this service, those that are watching. God, I pray that today that for some that may have, they maybe have grown tired. There may be some that in this room have give up on waiting. There may be some in this room that have never trusted you at all with their life. God, I pray, Lord, today that there will be a difference occur in their lives before we leave this place. So, God, I know our time here is just short. We're just minutes away from leaving. But, God, I know that you can and you will move among us tonight or this morning. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. With head still bowed, eyes still closed, I wonder if there, is there anybody in this in this room right now that would say, Pastor, I need to be saved. I've never given my heart and life to Jesus without any embarrassment. I'm not. I don't, I don't call people out. I'm, I'm going to come and get you. And is there anybody that says, Pastor, I need I need to come to know Jesus? Or maybe you're in this room, and you're, you feel like. You the need of rededicating your life to the Lord. You feel a long ways away from it. Is there one person in this room?